Yeah, he will take the face. Al is back on Monday. Looking forward to him coming back. In the meantime, DeMarco Farr is here as well. And you heard Chris right there talking about, you know, your old friend, right? Yeah. Chris has kind of left us in the dust. Chris has kind of moved on. Like, Chris is, like, losing weight and living a little healthier lifestyle. He looks good. I don't, yeah, he looks great. Yeah. But I don't know if I really – he can't really hang with us anymore. He doesn't have that – that desire to go crazy on the way home like you and I were talking about last time and yeah. go hit that drive-thru right away. Our job is to tempt him. <laughs> we're the pushers? Yeah, that's that's our job. Of course, yes. He has to fight back, and he's fighting the good fight for all of us. No, he But has. our job is to tempt. Chris has done a, yes. a really good job. All right, a couple of bonus uh, Ask DeMarcos. I always like to throw in a couple after the break. You ready? This is from Matoso83, and he writes... What is your most memorable moment from your first ever training camp with the Rams? Oh, thank you. M- what's the name again? Matoso. Matoso. Thank you, yeah. Matoso. Uh, getting headbutted by Jackie Slater and almost <laughs> knocked <man>. unconscious. <laughs> yeah, he he grabbed me, he headbutted me, dropped me in a heap right at the feet of Chuck Knox. And when I came to, the first guy I saw was Isaac Isaac Bruce, and it was like one of those Friday moments. You got knocked out! <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. All right, I got one more for you here. Uh what was harder, making a tackle of Jerome Bettis on the Angels infield or outfield when you played in oh, Anaheim? Either way. Either way. This ain't fair. I'm serious. This is an offensive guard carrying the football. <laughs> yeah, he's this, this should be illegal. Yeah. Is there's none left, right? There there are no hybrid NFL stadiums where they're still playing baseball anymore. They're all gone. I don't think so. Uh, the Raiders were the, Raiders the last were one. The last one. That's it. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, that was a bad oh, deal. Oh my goodness. You want to talk about you got grass? So you've got grass cleats, right? The long one and a half inches, right? And then you get on infield dirt, so you're basically like hovering <laughs> above. Oh my god, I hated it. No, oh, I, I always like the the visual of somebody getting tackled right around second base. I don't know why. I always right, like it's that, funny. But he funny. makes the tackle not at the twenty two yard line, but right at second base. I, That's, we're uh, standing out there like this can't be the pros. <laughs> this can't be the end all be all. I'm standing on dirt playing yeah, football. This, this is high school stuff. Yes, right? absolutely. One more here. This is just because I want us to feel good about ourselves. This is from Black Sox, and he writes, "Trav and Demarco have me dying right now." So at least we've made, we've made at least one person laugh. This what morning, like DeMarco. of laughter? Yeah, I, or I, like no, it doesn't have the crying. The crying oh, laughing emoji. Okay, there, okay, so good, good. I think we're okay. All right. Travis Lee is brought to you by Progressive Insurance, and all of our guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Clayton Kershaw had a uh, throwing session yesterday. It looks like it went pretty well. They're going to, you know, extend him. He's going to throw more pitches, different types of pitches, kind of in the progression. Remember, he had. He did this a couple of weeks ago, and as a setback, and they kind of had to go back to square one. Mm-hmm. So they're being a little bit more cautious this time through. Any concern at all for you, DeMarco, about Clayton Kershaw missing a bunch of time right as we get into the, the the postseason race, and maybe even by the time we get to the playoff race, that he just has to hit the ground running and go full speed? No, I have no I have no qualms. As soon as he's healthy, I'm giving him the ball and standing back. He's one of the greatest pitchers of all time. Uh, we know this. Uh, same with Serena. We had this Serena Williams. Mm-hmm. When she's healthy, I'll take her versus the field. When Clayton Kershaw is right. Give him the ball. I could care less how how much time he's had off or how long or how well he pitched before he was injured. When he's ready and he's right, he's almost unhittable. I will take him every single time. You know, I think it's an interesting conversation for 2019. That if this if this were happening in 2019 and Clayton Kershaw had had the the bumps and and hiccups along the way, it would be a fair question. But 
I don't feel it at all. I, I, I really think this is a this is a situation where Clayton Kershaw finally punched his older brother in the mouth, and now he's not scared anymore. And that you, when you have those things, whether it's your dad or your older brother or your your best friend that you can't beat him one on one in the driveway or whatever it is, and then you just so they, the World Series was punching the brother in the mouth. Yes, yes, oh, and, and it was okay. finally that thing that because the only thing that you could have said about Clayton Kershaw prior to October of last year was, yeah, but what about the World Series? Yeah, but what you mean about, for Hall of Fame for, stuff for just his career in yeah. general because he's going to the Hall of Fame. You know, he didn't have to ever. We didn't have to win the World Series to go to the Hall of Fame. It helps. He's a, he's yeah. a multiple time Cy Young Award winner. He's an MVP of the league, which is a pitcher almost never happens. He he was a deadlock one hundred percent Hall of Famer prior to winning that World Series last so year. So this is beyond. This is just baseball legacy type yes, thing. Okay. But when you finally knock your brother out, when you finally realize that oh, I I can do this. Look out! Now you're not scared. This is why him coming back. As long as he's healthy. Let's go. The question isn't playoff stuff. It's whether or not you're healthy stuff, whether or not – because the I, I think a, a better question than are you worried about the playoffs is how much can he give you innings-wise? Because these guys get stretched out on a schedule, right? That right. You, you saw it last night. Urias only went five innings. It was good five innings. That's but, all I need from Kershaw. If that's good enough, yeah. that's fine because your bullpen is going to come in and pitch. But that's the question. That, that stuff about Kershaw in the playoffs, that's ancient history right. as far as I'm concerned. See, that's what I thought. I thought what you saw last night is what you're going to see out of Kershaw. You need five strong, and then the bel- the bullpen will get you through the rest of the game. I thought that's why you're you're having all these bullpen games. I thought that's what the Dodgers were setting up for. Uh, no, I don't think that's true. I, I think they had all those bullpen games because they had no other options. Okay. The, the reason you had to pitch all of these guys every single night was because Trevor Bauer is in legal trouble, because Clayton Kershaw's hurt, because Urias is hurt, because May is hurt, because okay, Gonsolin let me is hurt. Say, I, th- I think that's going to be a product of all, having all those bullpen that, games. Yes. That you're ready to do it when it matters most, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. The, that's the positive risk residue yes, of doing correct. what you've had to do this entire season but no i think he goes right in here i think the bigger question that the dodgers and, have wait wait, and clayton kershaw just for five innings yeah. yes please i'll yeah. take that yeah it, it, he, look you're gonna go into a four-game series assuming the dodgers or excuse me a winner you need four best of seven yeah with clayton kershaw walker bueller max scherzer and julio Rios. i'm feeling pretty good you, about you, my team good luck because even if one of those guys has a, an off night Okay, so right, fine. It's one game. You got to beat those guys four times in seven tries. Good luck with Good that. Good luck with that. Can you help, uh, help me with something? I'll try. When they say simulated game, mm-hmm. what does that mean? How, put, what they, does that look like? They put a guy in the batter's box who's trying to get hits off of you, but it's not a game. Right? So he's so, trying to hit what you're throwing. Yeah, but he, it's not a game. Yeah, no, he's not. You're you're not just having the. You've seen him probably the, the cardboard or plastic yeah, cutouts yeah. that they put in there so you can work with a guy. You don't have to worry about hitting a guy. All these things. But no, what you do a simulated game is I go out on the mound and they give me a series of hitters. It might be the same guy a couple of times in a row, but I'm trying to get him out and he's trying to get hits off me. And the other element of it is is that we're gonna stop. Right, I'm going to stop down. I'm going to go sit down for ten minutes and rest, and simulate my team going up to bat, ah, and then come and then back, come back out, out and, and pitch again, oh, as opposed okay. to I'm going to throw forty pitches in a bullpen session and then I'm done. So same thing for Mookie Betts. He's out in the field. He's playing grounder. They usually do more pitchers than they do. Usually for position players, they'll send them to the minor leagues for a little to get work to, okay. to get some work. But it doesn't okay. sound like that's what they're going to do. That's they, what I thought. Yeah. Okay, great. So we'll see what that is. The Mookie part is the part that I think is really interesting because. Clayton, or no, excuse me, Cody Bellinger was 0 for 4 again last night. And the numbers that he has, look, they, they, they are what they are. 
Clayton Kershaw. Why do I keep saying Clayton Kershaw? Mookie, I can't even talk. Clayton, Cody Bellinger is batting 172. He's got an on-base percentage of 333. He's got just numbers that are nowhere, DeMarco. Mookie's coming back. You can't take A.J. Pollock off the field. You can't take Chris Taylor off the field. Are they going to sit Cody Bellinger down? Because what, they, yeah. have, they have no other – they have to do it. What choice do you have? You take the other – the first two guys you mentioned. If you remove them from the lineup, you lose your team. What have they done to lose their job? Nothing. Nothing. They've been, they've been your, arguably your best player and your hottest player. You cannot remove them for a guy that's coming back. So it's obvious. It's not that Dave Roberts is removing a guy. He's The guy is removing himself. You know, like you said, those numbers <laughs> You're benching yourself. Absolutely. Those numbers aren't going to play. And Mookie Betts is coming back, and he needs a spot. Come on, dude. That's that's a no-brainer. Yeah. It, here's the crazy part about this. MVP or no MVP. That's Those numbers right now, currently, are not MVP. They're the opposite of. These things tend to work themselves out is one of the great baseball expressions of all time. Hey, no, you got six pitchers. You only got five spots. Eh, these things tend to work themselves out. Hey, you got five infielders. You only got five. Eh, these things tend to work themselves out. And so far, if there's a silver lining to everybody missing all this time, it's been that Dave Roberts hasn't had to make this call yet. But it's here. It's tomorrow. Mookie's supposed to come I, back tomorrow. Yeah, I don't think this is a hard call. I think it's harder no, than no, you're giving I me think, credit for. I think it could be... It could be, d- depending on what his reaction is, that's where it gets hard because it's obvious, bro. I mean, come on. Look, you're not swinging the bat very well. Mookie's coming back. These other two guys are playing well. So you want me to replace one of them for you? Ugh. So accept your role, understand what, what we need to do as a team to get better, and assimilate. If you don't like it, play better. Well, yeah, but the problem, DeMarco, is this is a guy that has been very valuable for them. Dave's Dave's loyalty. We talked about this last time you were here with Kenley. Yeah. that he Because there are other options than Kenley, Blake Trinan, for, for instance. But you don't you didn't he didn't have to make this decision but Cody Bellinger last year hit big home runs in the NLCS hit big home runs He's in the been World a hero. Series yeah. he robbed that Tatis home run in the, the opening round against the Padres he was the MVP in the NLCS a couple of years ago against the Bruce he's had some big moments in the playoffs now he was playing better than he has right now but this isn't just some guy. This is a former MVP. This is a guy that was supposed to bat in the middle of your lineup to a guy that's batting eighth right now that's batting a buck 72. Right. It's a tough thing to say, hey, thanks for everything, but sit down. I, well, I, the math makes perfect sense, but yeah. one of the things that I think that Dave is great at is massaging personalities and making sure that guys understand that and telling him, you know what, you're not going to play for long stretches of time. That's got to be a weird one. Well, uh, Loyalty goes – a long way, but it only goes so far. Is it better for him or for the collective? And the other thing, you can go from loyalty to corruption like that if you make the wrong choice. Wait a minute. Now you are it's not loyalty. Now you're showing favoritism. Mm. You're going to sit me down and I'm hot for a guy that's cold. That can that can shake up. That trickles down to the whole team. Too. Big time, absolutely. That, yeah, everyone else. Look, look, we love Cody, great guy. But you know, AJ Pollock's hitting three hundred and Robin home. What, what are we doing? This is an easy call. I, I, I don't I don't know why this is. And everything you mentioned about what he did was in the past. What are you doing right now, right yeah. this moment for the Dodgers? It, it, I, I'm really interested to see what happens because yeah. I don't think it's going to be as easy as all that. I think he's going to continue to get at bats, and it's going to be one of these. Uh, 
what are we doing kind of thing. Well, that's good for us. And, well, well yeah. good for you and sleep. <laughs> good for me and sleep. Bad for me as a Dodger fan. That is a bad deal across the board. All right. Coming up in 15 minutes, we're going to try to get a little inside uh, expertise on what that alliance is about. Kyle Bonagura from ESPN will check in with us and try to explain what it is that those conferences did. I still, I still don't know. But coming up next, another edition of Fact or Cap. That's next. Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. You remember what the factor cap is, yes, Marco? Yes, I was going to say real quick, whenever yeah. I see Cinnabons, this is the song that plays in my head <laughs> right there. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> is, that, is that one of the soft spots in the uh, DeMarco? Oh. The, the, so, I have to avoid whole malls when I know Cinnabon is nah, there. It's like, you know, it's triggers, right? Yes. You, there are some things that trigger meltdowns. As soon as I walk through the Cinnabon. doors, I can tell if there's a Cinnabon there. <laughs> yeah, I know it. I can smell it. I, I don't have that vice. I've been able oh. to skip uh, cinnamon. It's, it's a long story and okay. a disgusting one. Anyway, you know I'm sorry. Why. Go ahead. Factor cap time. Oh, that's cap. That's so cap, Dad. <laughs> Everything I've said is a cap, but I'm going to go fact. First of all, it's not a cap. It's no, just it is a cap. cap. Welcome to Factor Cap. All right, guys. It's time for another time, uh, game of Factor Cap. The first statement I have is, Steve Mason cares a bit too much about Travis and Slila being on the screen at SoFi. Uh, Travis, is this Factor Cap? Huh. Um, I'll say that that's cap. I, I get where he's coming from. I just don't care. <laughs> you know, I mean, I it's it's one of those things. I've got, I'm on the screen. What do I care? You know, I the, uh, whole, the whole idea uh, of you know, hey, this shouldn't be Mason. Maybe it's not right. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So I'm I'm feeling good about it. So wow. I'll say that that's cap. Ask me that again, one more time. Steve Mason cares a bit too much about Travis and Sliwa on the screen oh, that's at SoFi. Fact. That's fact. That's big time fact. You know he cares. Yeah, that's big. Big, 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 big. Absolutely. Have you seen me up there yet? Have you I been... did. I yeah. saw you. I okay. finally saw it. I was like, oh, there he is. You guys look great. Was it the Ask Slee one with Rampage? No, it was, was just it you two standing there next to the stadium. Was Perfect. Rampage in that one? Uh, well, the Rampage is in a couple of them, and then there's a couple without Rampage. Dude, tell me that doesn't catch you off guard when you see yourself up there. It still is wildly awesome yeah, every time it's i cool. see it i can't wait me and maurice jones drew did the same thing the first week it was me i'm on the air giving a breakdown <laughs> and it came on and i stopped during the broadcast because i'm like wow look Check at that out. and maurice did it the next week it's like good Lord. it's a pretty good feeling it's a pretty good feeling <laughs> all right up next the clippers will win a championship before the rams oh that's cap. demarco is this <laughs> no, that's way cap come on that's cap you know why basketball season's over they're so gonna what, get. The, so the, what does that mean? Yeah, the Super Bowl will be played before the there NBA you finals. Go. Yeah. Oh, you I'm know not sure what? If they're ever gonna do it? You know what? I'm gonna say that that's a fact. 
because I think that the football is you're you're one thing away, right? That yeah. every piece has to fire perfectly. It doesn't have to be Matt Stafford or Andrew Whitworth or Aaron Donald. You need all eleven guys. On you could lose a place board. kicker. You could yeah. lose a kicker, and right. all of a sudden the thing goes up in smoke. Whereas right. we and we saw it last year with the Clippers. Paul George was better without Kawhi Leonard. As weird as that sounds, the Clippers got further than they have ever gotten before without Kawhi Leonard. So you get a healthy Kawhi Leonard coming back. I think they're as good as anybody else in the Western Conference. Got to get a little lucky, and the Clippers have been anything but lucky over the years. But yeah, I just think that the odds are probably better for them than for the Rams. Both tough. I mean, look, I think it might be tougher for the Clippers to get out of the West, and then you got to deal with what's coming East. I mean, I guess the same could be said for the Rams, but I'm going to pick the Rams because it's fun. So that's Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, on this day in 1939, The Wizard of Oz was released. Ugh. So, The Wizard of Oz is actually a horror movie. Fact! <laughs> fact! Fact! What? Fact! fact. No, the Wizard of Oz? Let, let, okay, let me make the case. First of all... A uh, a little girl yeah is watches her family get sucked up by a tornado. Okay? okay, that's how the movie opens. Then she lands into this fairy world where people are getting crushed by houses dropping out of the sky. Yes, there are blue flying monkeys that yes. tear you limb from limb. Yes, if you get hit with a bucket of water, you disintegrate into nothing. There are apple trees that throw their fruit at you. There are scarecrows that come to life that lead you down a dark path into the woods what about this movie isn't terrifying the singing and the dancing <laughs> well there's the singing and, and, the, and the happy music yeah there there's there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in there that when you're eight years old and you see that for the first time messes you up there's a green witch that's got flying blue monkeys to there's not a drop of blood in the entire movie <laughs> it doesn't have to be but gory she essentially to be scary dies in that tornado and then is brought back to life she and is in like, a coma i mean not really <laughs> dies just kind of goes away and comes back and, you know that movie is the that and Jaws are the two movies that still like. Nah, I don't need to see that again. Really, I'm good. Okay, I'm, good. I'm gonna go. That's Cap. See, like my scary movies are like The Exorcist and like The <laughs> yeah, Omen. I mean, sure, that stuff scares me. Demonic I mean, the, Possession is scary. The too. Wizard of Oz is not a scary movie. It's fun. It's great. You know, yeah. Yellow Brick Road. Blue flying monkeys that will come crashing out of the sky to tear you limb from limb. I was looking around for years. <laughs> hey, hey, wait, wait. I go to the where are the blue See, where do you keep the blue you monkeys? You remind me of my stepfather. I was scared to death of poltergeist and he said, "You know, it's really a comedy. Laugh at it." And I did, and it worked. <laughs> right. Right up until you got sucked into the TV. That wasn't so funny. All right. The next one. We've been talking a lot about college football today. So, Clay Helton will be replaced by an NFL coach after this season. DeMarco, is this factor cap? Woo, I got to say cap. Uh, NFL coach, like fired NFL coach? Um, could be. Taking over that job? Who would want that job? Which guy right now that's coaching that could get fired would? Well, there's one guy at the top of the list. Who's at the top of Urban the list? Urban Meyer. You'd want Urban Meyer? Sure. I don't want Urban Meyer to be my best friend or, or be... Wait, wait. How does he leave Jacksonville? Be, have you watched him play in the preseason? No, I mean, how does he look? Does he get fired? <laughs> well, does he quit? He's proven that he has a lot of bad tricks in his bag to get out of... <gasps> oh, Elizabeth, it's the big no, one. No, not again. He, he already used that one. You can't go back to the same gag? <laughs> sure you can. No it way. It worked before. Okay. Remember when he was going to go spend time with his family and he wrote it out on a piece of notebook paper? I do. And then he was the head coach at Ohio State like eight minutes later? Okay, okay. <laughs> Urban Meyer aside, because, <laughs> just for a second, nah, that, that's got to be Cap. I mean, I don't see anybody else other than Urban Meyer that could be fired in the league and then mm -hmm. be an upgrade for USC. 
I, I think it's cap because I think that Clay Helton will be gone at the end of the season. I just think that they'll go in the college. The, 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 the way that the SC has hired their coaches of late has been pretty uninspiring. Yeah. It, it really has. That When Pete Carroll left, they chased kind of the essence of what Pete Carroll was. They tried Lane Kiffin. They tried Steve Sarkeesian. It, it didn't really work. Then they went because Sark had his problems. They had to go in a different direction, have somebody that was kind of the adult in the room, for lack of a better right. phrase. Clay Helton's pretty uninspiring. They... Throw I don't some money know, at Lincoln Riley. I don't know what they're doing. The guy that I've wanted to have yeah. in there for a long time is Kyle Whittingham from the Utes. Throw money at him. Do, Absolutely. Th there that, you go. If you can win at Utah and put a bunch of guys in the NFL at Utah, now what come, do you think you could do if you could recruit L.A.? Come to Southern California where you can re recruit year-round. Absolutely. That's see, now we're like on the same see. page there. That's yeah. the guy that I'd like to see. All right, I got one more left for you guys. And this kind of went a bit viral yesterday. Is it acceptable to invoice someone if they cannot make your wedding? Travis, is this factor cap? That's cap. I, it's not acceptable to invoice them. It is acceptable to be really angry with them. Okay. <laughs> I'm not saying, DeMarco, if I invited you to my wedding yeah. and you no-showed me, I'm not sending you a bill for $175. But what I am is like, dude, you kind of, you kind of blanked me a little bit on this deal. You, you kind of left me in a bad spot. That, I'm not going to yeah, send you the bill, though. That is fact. I will send you a bill through the mail. <laughs> I will email you. I will text you. My daughter's wedding? You know how complicated these things are? How many meetings we have to have? And then you no-show? Oh, yeah, I want my money back. One of those highly stressful moments, too, especially if you care, which thankfully I, I didn't care about this, but a seating chart. Oh. Right, that oh, you can't put Aunt Becky with Uncle Dave. They hate each other. Yeah, you can't do that. You know, you can't put your woke cousin with your this drunk, guy over here with the drunk right. uncle who's going to tell you why what your problems are. All while I'm trying to watch a football game. <laughs> right, you know, you, you can't. So yeah. you go through spinning the Rubik's cube of trying to make sure that everybody can have a nice night, <laughs> right. and then you no show me. You just you you made this a bad deal for me. But I'm still I don't know. I'm not I'm not going to send you. <sighs> Funches, the only one planning a wedding. How do you feel about this too? I have a second thoughts already. No, you're not. No, no, you're not. You're Here, good. Here's what you're you good. Do. It has. It's just whatever you want. It's fine by me. There you go. Unless, unless yes, you feel deeply about something, like you cannot live right, with it another way. Right, we're, we're, you know, talking about the guest list and stuff go like ahead. that. So, what do I say if I don't want this person at my wedding? You but just she wants it at your wedding. Yeah, that you're not, That's one. Just swallow it and keep it moving. Ugh. Wait, she doesn't want this. No, person? she. I don't want this person at the wedding, but she, she wants does. the people. Yeah. There's a handful of people that, that I don't want at the wedding. coming to the wedding. Yeah. I'm staying out of this. Yeah. That's between you guys. Hope she's yeah. not listening to this too right well, now. <laughs> I do have one rule, though. This is funny. Uh, if it if you're on wedding two or three, there's no such thing as destination wedding. Yeah. I don't want to have to travel with you for two or three. Okay? <laughs> well, you're sending me a bill for several thousand dollars. <laughs> right. That, that invitation should come with an invoice. Right? That, Thank you. Uh, your airfare to Hawaii yes. is going to be $500 a head. You're going to need three nights in the hotel. See? Perfect. And i got to buy you a silverware set. <laughs> Get the out of here. No, that ain't happening. All right, coming up in 15 minutes, has Sony Michelle solved the problem of the Rams and their running back situation? But coming up next, Kyle Bonagura from ESPN is going to try to enlighten me about the alliance between the Pac-12 and those other conferences. That's next on Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. All right, so I've said it a few times. Uh, I need some help, DeMarco, <laughs> on figuring out exactly what it is that I've been reading and hearing about the alliance between the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC. Hopefully we can get a little help here. Kyle Bonagura covers e, uh, college football for ESPN. He's going to join us right now and talk a little bit about it. Kyle, Yay. how are you feeling this morning? I'm still trying to wrap my head around uh, what you guys are trying to wrap your head around, so maybe we can get through this together here. <laughs> yeah, I feel pretty good. He's confused, really too. A bizarre, a, a bizarre twist in, in all of this. So let's, let's, I, I think I can shed a little bit of light on it. Good. So, so let's start here. I, like, and I'm, I'm really not trying to make a joke. What, what is in it for these three conferences to make this alliance that is not binding, there's nothing written down? I don't understand what the win is for these three conferences. Yeah, I think the, you know, number one, I think all three of the commissioners involved felt like there was a need to have some sort of response to Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC. I think a lot of the kind of the dialogue coming out of that was our our super conferences coming. How is this going to change everything? And I think that there just needed to be some public showing by the kind of the other untouched conferences that they were uh, being proactive and, you know, how proactive is this? You know, it still remains to be seen, right? Because there's not a whole lot of substance in what they laid out yesterday when they kind of talked about what this alliance really means. Um, I, you know, I, I, I do think one thing to keep in mind is probably the, you know, they, they, they refer to it as a gentleman's agreement. I wouldn't expect any um, any movement from the teams that are in those conferences to another, right? I don't think you're going to see an ACC team jump to the Big Ten or a Pac-12 team jump to the Big Ten or, or any any direction there. And I think that's important for all three of those conferences to know that they're not going to have to worry about that. And, you know, we'll see if that really happens, but I think that's part of it. The scheduling aspect is interesting. They didn't, you know, they haven't got a set plan for what that'll look like, but 
I think it's trending towards a, a world where the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are probably going to head to 18 conference schedules, which allows a, a, an additional non-conference slot. And I think what you'll see is more games between Big Ten and Pac-12 schools. And the ACC certainly factors in there as well. Um, and it's really just, you know, they talked a lot about stability yesterday. And I think what you're seeing is the SEC has realized, you know, smartly that the NCAA is losing its power over college sports, right? I think you can see the writing on the wall that there's a power vacuum there, and the SEC certainly was was proactive in trying to step into that. And, you know, the other conferences don't want to be kind of left behind. I don't know if that – there's still a lot of questions, more questions than answers. Probably those are kind of the key points of, I think, what they were trying to, trying see, to address here. See, Trav, I think we're dead on and right. I, I think he's echoing what we said. I, it, it seems like this is all just a reaction a reaction to the SEC stealing Oklahoma and Texas. So let's get on board. Let's get our ducks in a row because we don't want – we want to end this SEC dominance as soon as possible. Are we reading this right? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm 100% with you guys. I mean, I think the, the playoff component is a big part of this too, that, you know, you have the SEC, um, you know, working towards getting to a 12-team playoff that, that certainly had a lot of benefits for them. Um, they were working on that while while knowing that Texas and Oklahoma were probably heading over, and they were kind of doing that under the, under, you know, in the middle of the night, so to speak, right? And right. Kind of came as a complete shock that their proposal came before Texas and Oklahoma's move was announced, although they knew that was going to happen. So I, I think that rubbed the other conferences the wrong way that they were weren't really working in good faith in terms of how they were structuring the playoff and not everyone was was not everyone was working with the same amount of information there, right? So I think you'll see the ACC and the Big Ten and the Pac-12 will probably be aligned on how they vote, right? They're yeah. going to be on the same page and make sure that the SEC isn't um, pushing the ball down the road in an direction that only benefits that conference. Kyle Bonagura joining us here. He covers college football for ESPN. Kyle, with name and license and the rules change that have taken place with that, with we've seen more movements in conference alignment, Alabama, or excuse me, with, with Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, is, is the alliance here kind of a half measure to where I feel like college football is headed, which is basically you're going to have a, a group of maybe, let's call it 30 or 35 teams, and out here on the West Coast it would include SC and Oregon and maybe one or two others, that you have like a, a group that are playing at the highest level, spending money like pro sports, and then everywhere else in the conferences as we know them are, are effectively dead. Yeah, see, I don't know if it would be effectively dead. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I certainly think it's going to create some sort of a shift, and I'm hesitant to make any, like, firm conclusions about what that's going to look like. Because keep in mind, too, that, like, all the best players are already going to the big programs, right? So there's there's only so much more of a shift that can occur there. I think that it's, it's certainly going to affect recruiting. And, and schools that have, uh, you know, wealthy donors and people who are willing to create their own marketing deals to entice kids, like a lot of that's going to go on on the side, right? And so, we'll, you know, if there's a, a big individual, you know, UCLA has got a lot of wealthy donors. If there's a few of them who want to step up and, and, and create marketing um, opportunities for kids, um, who, who play at UCLA, like, you know, you can see kind of envision a world where, where, where a school like that would benefit. And so I think, we'll, I mean, it's so early, right? We haven't played a game since um, we haven't had a signing signing class. I guess more importantly, since it was fully into effect. But I mean, USC had a really good class this past year, mm-hmm. and they were actively recruiting with NIL um, at the forefront, right? They were very proactive in that, and 
you know, Clay Helton's been on the hot seat and all of a sudden they turned recruiting around. You know, I, I'd like to put one and two together and make three here that it's because the NIL stuff was able to inject life back into the program when it was you know, fairly stagnant over the past few years. So, yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. It's, it's, it's certainly, I think the NIL stuff has a much bigger impact on what the sport will look like than any sort of alliance or realignment. I mean, one, you know, there's, realignment's been a constant in college sports throughout its entire existence, right? 150 years of college football. We've seen so many changes. I mean, there was a, you know, the University of Chicago used to be a power, the Ivies, right, way back in the day. And it was kind of only natural for some of that stuff to keep happening. We haven't seen a major change like the NIL stuff. And so I thought, I think that'll, you know, there'll, there'll be some unknowns that, that happen over the next few years until we really get a grasp on how people are going to run with it. Well, that leads me into my next question or kind of changes my question. College football does change. The sport does change. I guess that's part of the appeal. But in your opinion, you were a fan of, now you cover. Did college football get stale? Does it need to be changed or is this just normal? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's inevitable, right? So uh, is, is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. I still get super excited every Saturday for college football. And when, when you're on campus and the pageantry around it, it's so unique um, in our sporting culture here in the United States, right, that it's that appeal I don't think is going to go away. And I think it's you. there's a special affinity that college football fans have to their teams because it's, you know, for whatever reason, they became a fan a lot of it's because you went to school there. Right. And so it's, you have this lifelong association with teams that, um, that you cheer for that, that is more predicated on your kind of personal connection to it. And I think that's really unique. It's not, uh, there's situations in pro sports that are similar, but that, that, that dynamic is never going to go away. Right. And so I think that will always create appeal for fans. Will some people be turned off by the professionalization of it? Yeah, I think there's probably a, a group of people who will respond that way, but I don't envision there you know, being any significant long-term concerns about the sport overall, right? I think that you know, you, you'll, you'll be excited to see who your team plays. It'll be different teams maybe, but you know, how they determine a champion will be different, and maybe the bowl structure is different. But you know, I think it's really about the game day experience in college football and, and kind of enjoying your alma mater or your team with, with, with you know, friends and family and all that, that stuff's not going to change. Kyle Bonagura covers college football for ESPN. Kyle, appreciate your time this morning. Thanks a bunch. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. Okay, you got it. You know, I, th- what he said right there, DeMarco, I think is so spot on that everybody has what they like, right? I like watching SC play in the Pac-12. Great. That's, it, it's fun. I get it. We'll play Oregon, it's fun. You play Washington, it's fun. UCLA, yeah, great. You will get used to having them play – Michigan State, you will get used to them playing, you know, Penn State on a regular basis. That will be fun, too. But what's never going to change is the experience of going, throwing out your grill, throwing a football around, having a few beers, laughing with your buddies. True. The, the experience of college football is what makes it – yeah, it's fun to win. It's fun to watch a good game. But I dare – UCLA sucks. Okay, they haven't had a good football team in for, in forever. Right. They, they haven't. Yeah. I dare you to go out to the Rose Bowl on a Saturday afternoon and not have the time of your life. Oh, you'll have a blast. It's fantastic. Yeah, you'll it always have a blast. It is a fantastic day. I get you. And that's what college football is about, especially out here on the West Coast where, you know, people aren't living and dying with yeah. UCLA football the way they do with Auburn football or Georgia football. It's just not the same experience. We've done okay without rotary phones. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Get with the new. I get you. Yeah. It's just, you know, everybody likes their traditions. So. And, yeah. and I, I still don't know what the alliance is.
And, and that's not any criticism of Kyle. It's I don't a handshake think, deal. I don't think yeah. anybody has any understanding exactly of what that is. I know that USC needs to win a bunch of games. That's what I know that they need to do along the way. Speaking of COVID, talking about SC getting fired, yeah. uh, Clay Helton at some point maybe getting clipped. What about John Gruden? Huh. Do you think that John Gruden makes it through? the? Because you look at it, they still have not been very good. Their draft picks have not panned out in the way that you would like to see your draft picks panning out, especially considering how high a lot of those picks have been for the Raiders. But they're better in year two than the year in, we're in year one. Right. They were better in year three than they were in year two. And here we are coming into year four. They're still not very good but they're getting better. Can you fire Gruden? I don't think you can fire him. I don't. I think he's unfireable. I think the Raiders are incapable of firing him. <laughs> but, I mean, I saw them up close. I saw them practice against the, the Rams. I saw them in the game. I, I don't see how this gets over the hump in the AFC West. I still don't. Um, but that's I, more of a Mahomes thing. You don't have to win the division to I'm go to the I'm just talking the Chargers. I'm talking mm. everyone else in the division. I just don't see them – I don't see it yet. You know what I mean? I don't see what makes them special. I think they're just also ran so far. So if they're also ran again, this will be what, four years in a row? This is the fourth season. That you probably don't make the playoffs. And I think he sees the end of the year no matter what happens. So I don't think you can fire him. Yeah, well, Mark Davis is in charge. Yeah. And, and I I want to be careful how I say this, but I – I don't have the skills to do what you did to Mike Martz, <laughs> but, but but I I, yeah. I I just don't know if Mark Davis has the horsepower to execute this the intricacies of getting out of his deal with six years left on it. Wow. The, 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 the fact that he put him on a 10-year guaranteed deal in the first place was a terrible decision. Pro sports turns over fast really fast you have no idea who's coming next so you better be flexible enough to go find the next guy if you need to go find the next guy and they're locked in and it doesn't seem like they even want to change it wow i you know that that's that's pretty much what i saw i guess that's the best way to to sum it up what did you see when i saw the raiders i saw a team that looked like their head coach had no fear of being fired yeah you know what i mean and a team that doesn't feel like they're gonna go win a bunch of games either. yeah i guess the urgency wasn't there yeah coming up next Sony Michelle is now a member of the Los Angeles Rams. Does that fix the running back problem plus the dump? It's all straight ahead. Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Oldest daughter? No. How about this one? This is from John in Huntington Beach, and it says, Hi, ESPN LA. Well, I guess that's us. <laughs> okay. We'll answer. P- please confirm when the contest to attend Funch's wedding is starting. Thanks. So, what do you think about that, Funch? Are you, are you okay with I'm, o- I'm okay with that. You can sit at the head table with us <laughs> and also have first dib on, on my mother for the f- Mother Sundays. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I'm know glad you, you finished that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm gl- so glad you finished that sentence. Yeah, I I don't know if um, that's a good idea. You might want to run that by your fiance about having uh, John of Fullerton of Huntington Beach. Oh no, we're cool, man. Wedding. John of Fullerton is really no, cool. I okay. like John too. Right. John's a good guy. I like it. But John, I think John may tear up your wedding a little bit. Just, oh, he's just, like one of those guys. Yeah, he's, John likes to have a good time. 
There's nothing wrong with that. You want to listen to just at, uh, a wedding? I'm going to crash your wedding. There you the, go. My first Please wedding do. crash is going to be Please yours. Please do, man. I'm going to show up. In Let, jean let's shorts. go together. We'll, it, we'll, we'll just we'll, okay. I, I have wedding crashing experience. Okay, we'll just find. Did you ever get the uh, final word on the In and Out truck? Are you doing that? And I don't know. In and Out truck. I want, to. I want to, but Ooh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm definitely showing. Yeah, no. oh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, just yeah, going to yeah. start following random In and Out trucks on the freeway. One of them's headed to you. You get to one of them wedding. is headed that way. That's a point. <laughs> one burger limit for you. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> earlier this morning. The Rams made a deal to bring Sony Michelle to L.A. from New England. Uh, Lindsey Theory just tweeted saying that she uh, spoke with uh, Les Snead, DeMarco, yeah. saying that part of the reason that they thought that Sony Michelle would be a good fit here is he's had experience carrying the ball in big games, you know, both for the Patriots. Keep in mind, he played the national championship game. I remember him he at the Rose Bowl. He beat you in the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. He got the only touchdown <laughs> right. in that game. Yeah. He's, he's played in these games. I remember him at the Rose Bowl against Oklahoma in the national yeah. semifinal. He was just unbelievable he's a really good football player is this the right fit is this the right i think guy? so and for the most part i would say this uh about most teams i would take a former patriot over just about anybody really anybody that's had that rub that belichick rub i i would take him into my my building and feel comfortable you know he's going to be disciplined you know he's going to follow rules depending on how he got there but yeah i think sony michelle is a great pickup I, I think it's a great pickup a great running back to have uh now that cam Akers is out and daryl henderson proved again that Staying healthy is going to be a problem. Um, Sony Michelle is a guy that was going to be competing in New England for reps, competing for a role in that backfield. I think he was going to make the team, no doubt. But yeah. he, he was going to have to compete for a role. Here, I think he has a chance to be either your two or your lead, pat, lead back, depending on Daryl Henderson's availability. Okay, so I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. Go ahead. Let's assume that Daryl Henderson's healthy, okay? okay. That, that he's not nicked up, that he's he's good to go. We're in week eight. Who's the starting running back for the L.A. Rams? Is Daryl rolling and healthy and going? Daryl's Yeah, he's healthy. I would say Daryl Henderson. He's got ability. He's quick. In this offense, I think he had a chance to be dangerous as a change of pace guy for Akers and as the lead back. Uh, Remember Denver when they were rolling? Mm -hmm. Uh, It was just plug and play with their running backs. Yeah. It wasn't – the running backs had talent, but it was mostly their scheme and how they did it, their execution. Same thing here. So if Daryl's rolling, Daryl's going to be your guy with Sony Michelle as the change of pace coming off the bench. But if Daryl gets dinged, that's going to be Sony Michelle as your lead back, and you'll never look back. I wonder if, and I'm putting this is I'm asking this for myself more than anything, because since we saw the Rams' offense debut under Sean McVay a few years ago, his first season, and then the subsequent season where they went to the Super Bowl, Todd Gurley was an MVP level player. He was extraordinary. Yeah. He, he was he was the reason that that thing player of the week seven times yeah, during that run. Just, yeah. just just a monster. Yeah. Just they, they, they'd hand him the ball, they throw him the ball. Todd, Todd Gurley was just one of the best players in the league for a couple of years. Does it have to be that? Because I keep waiting to see something that makes me think, oh, okay, that's what the, the offense looks like. It, but I have to remind myself, Gurley was a pretty special, special. talent. That, yes that, and you're no. not going to find a bunch of those guys. So, yes and no. Uh, it's It doesn't have to be one guy, but you do need that production. So, someone needs to carry the rock as effectively as Todd did between the tackles. Somebody has to catch the ball out of the backfield as effectively as Todd Gurley. It doesn't need to be one guy doing it but you still need that production. You need to take pressure off the quarterback. Well, you did need to take pressure off of Jared Goff. I think this is different with Matthew Stafford. I think you're going to be given light boxes. Mm-hmm. You're not going to commit that extra safety to the because line of scrimmage. he'll carve you up. He can go vertical at the drop of a hat right. and beat corners down the field with the football. So 
it's going to change how you have to defend the Rams. So Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, now Sony Michelle, anybody that's lining up behind Matthew Stafford is going to benefit from the fact that he's there. Travis Lee is brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. I'm, I, I just when you think about the Rams when they were going at their best and you think about them last year when they were pretty good but not quite as explosive as they were previously, I think it's – you said it a second ago. You don't have to find another Todd Gurley, but what you need the, – the reason that that worked the way it did with Gurley is because he was special and he covered up a lot of the quarterback problems. Yeah. That he covered up a lot of the things. Because he was so dynamic, you did have to open it up, which let Jared Goff kind of do his thing under a little bit less pressure. The second Gurley was nicked up and the second that he was no longer here, you realize that the quarterback is the thing that ultimately needs to make this thing go. And to, to put it really simply – your quarterback needs to be your best player. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not talking Madden rating or anything. I'm talking that when the opposition gets ready to break down what it is you do, if they're not starting with the quarterback, you're kind of dead in the water. I, I agree with you uh, to a certain respect. Um, I don't think your quarterback always has to be your best player, but he cannot be your worst. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He can't. He cannot be a guy that you're having to cover up for week in and week out. Uh, and I'll say this, and I, this is no knock, or maybe it is, and I don't care if it is, to Jared Goff. I don't think anyone was afraid of defending Jared Goff. Right. That was never the fear. The fear was Todd Gurley. The fear was Sean McVay and that offense. It was never on Goff. That is all changed with Matthew Stafford. You have to defend that. I can't wait to see it. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $700 on average. It is time for the dump, DeMarco. It is Travis and Sliwa on 710 ESPN. The Max Kellerman Show is coming up in minutes. It is the final segment of Travis Slee, and you know what we do for the final segment? It's got an unfortunate name, but a great purpose. It's all the stuff we didn't get to. We call it The Dump. All right, let's start with this. Mountain Dew is releasing a new flavor of soda. By the way, how can Mountain Dew is its own thing? Right. Like, if I said to you, what does Mountain Dew taste like? Tastes, uh, tastes like Mountain it Dew. Tastes like Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't taste. I'm all like... jacked up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming out with a new flavor that is flaming hot Cheeto on, flavored man. soda. Oh. How many cases can I order for you, DeMarco? None, zero. <laughs> I am going to buy that cabin in Idaho. It's it, it's all coming down. DeMarco before the show was blaming me, as in the youths, for bringing this flaming hot Cheeto into the world. It's not the youths. You got to speak for your people, is. man. I mean. <laughs> I see these kids out in front of the malls or li at libraries eating flaming hot everything. I'm okay with flaming hot stuff. Really? Yeah. Everything Not flaming e hot. I don't need everything, but a little, you know, if we're going to do a regular Cheeto, that's fine. But if you want to toss me a bag of the flamings, I'm in. That's fair, but I'll would you that. drink this? No, I wouldn't drink Flaming hot Cheeto I'm not Mountain, Mountain Dew. Dew to start, so I'm not drinking flaming hot no Mountain No way. Dew. I'm buying the cabin. Is it that orange color or that reddish orange color that they flaming? What like other that? color could it be? <laughs> From the well, Mountain tweet, Dew's it was like orange. a fluorescent would, green <laughs> marker. Would you eat something like that's flaming that says flaming hot that was green? I guess you would with I, hot sauce, I might right? Give it a shot. I have, okay. I have a story to share. At my yeah. previous job when I was in Bristol, on Sundays we'd be screening, and it's a busy day. You're really busy, and at when the at one p.m. on on NFL Sundays, a code red alarm goes off, and everyone has to go to the cafe and get code red Mountain Dew. And it was just our tradition every Sunday at my old job, and it just it got, got us jacked up for the NFL uh, Sunday. No. Code red. 
Okay. No, out. <laughs> Not doing <laughs> it. See if Fox is hiring. <laughs> not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go see what else is going on. Wow. Nah, not like doing it. that. Serena yep. Williams has withdrawn from the U.S. Open due to a hamstring injury. And look, Serena Williams is the greatest female tennis player of all time, full stop. But yeah. it feels like we're kind of at the end, DeMarco, that she's been having all sorts of injury issues. She hasn't won a slam in a long She's come close. Yeah. She's come close a couple of times. But are we going to. Are we, are we done? I think are we not going to see Serena win no, another slam? No, I think she's due for a Larry Holmes era because oh. there's no one else here. I mean, Osaka is the only other great tennis player right now, and Serena versus Osaka, who are you taking? Yeah, but she can't stay healthy, and other women other than Naomi Osaka have clipped her over the last True. few years. I'll, I'll take a healthy Serena, though. Yeah, she, I mean, healthy, in-shape Serena. She, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, look. Father Time, undefeated, yeah, right? Happens, it, it, yes. it gets everybody at some point. It, Tiger Woods had the, yeah. the, the the comeback, though, right? We True. saw him come back after injuries and also in age. And You need the perfect set of circumstances. See, you need the field to kind of then, open up for you at then some Then, Serena, point go see Tiger's doctor. It's working. Whatever <laughs> it is, it's working. <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> Urban Meyer has named Trevor Lawrence as the starter in week one for the Jacksonville Jags. Number one overall pick. Uh, how's that going to go? Oh, you know, why? Why him? Why is he more ready than, say, Fields yeah. or, or Trey Lance? I'm not sure if he is, but Urban Meyer is going to put him out there anyway. Is it, is it because Urban Meyer doesn't have to worry about getting fired? That, that Matt Nagy Ooh. in Chicago is thinking, all right, if, if I play a rookie quarterback from week one, we're going to lose some games. That That's just the, the way that it goes. But if I can try to squeeze a win or two out of Andy Dalton, see, maybe I can buy some time. I actually think Urban Meyer thinks this is the right thing to do, and he may wind up being proven right, but I think this is bad for, for, for Trevor Lawrence. So we've seen can't-miss guys, right? Yeah. We've seen can't-miss guys like Andrew Luck, who are pretty darn good. We've seen can't-miss guys that come out that can't play dead in a cowboy movie to steal Key's line. Right. Which one of the two guys is he? Lawrence. Uh, you know what? I can't. I, look, I would rather if I'm a backup or if I'm a quarterback or a guy that drafted a quarterback, I would rather him watch somebody else take their lumps and learn about the NFL versus take those shots yourself because you can be ruined on any snap. So we will see. We'll see. I'm a fan, but I'm not sure how this is going to play out. Yeah, I just if I'm another player on that team. I don't love the idea of playing a rookie quarterback right out of the shoe, especially if I'm a, a, an older player and we're trying yeah. to trying to make some noise. And again, Jacksonville's probably not going to be very good anyway. And your other option is Gardner Minshew, who's he's okay. You know, he's he's kind of he's got a cool mustache. He wears jorts. It's it's right. kind of an interesting story, but it's not the second coming of John Elway. So why not, why not start him? Why not get it going? Well, you'd have to give him parameters: no scrambling, make sure you don't empty the backfield, keep somebody in to protect him. He's the future. You don't want to lose him on this coach. All right. It was this day in 1996 that Tiger Woods won one of his three U.S. Amateur Championships. When was the first time that Tiger Woods was on your radar? You're like, hey, that that dude's different than everybody else. Oh, let's see. Um, was he a pro, or did you know prior to him becoming no, a pro? No, when, when he became a pro. I think the first time, like, okay, I knew about Tiger. I knew about the story, and he had the Tiger Woods, uh, you know, club head cover, uh -huh. the Tiger and his dad and all that. But when he won the Masters, and he won it by a lot, that's when I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. I, I remember when I was I was a student at Santa Barbara, and I was working at a local radio station, and he was up. He was a high school player at the time. Yeah. And there was like a CIF championship, or something. it was it was some event up in Santa Barbara that he was playing, and I went out there to go see what all the hubbub was about. There had to have been forty guys there covering this. I'm really? Like, this is a high school. Okay, this is this is not normal. This is a little different. That's and, and he handled everything like he was Jack Nicholas. Like wow. there was no awkwardness about it at Born all. To sometimes do it. you yeah. get those guys that even now, like you 
let's use Jared Goff as an example. When he first number one pick in the draft showed up, pretty wide eyed. Yeah, pretty yeah. Pretty like, hey, this is I'm getting a lot of attention. Tiger just had that thing wired from the beginning. Wow, born to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Along the way. So, what are you doing the rest of the week? You're not coming. Being in a here. dad, I got <laughs> uh, tomorrow. I'm with. Uh, Tomorrow, well, I'm on the all, afternoon show. I'm yeah, a dad. Okay. I'm a dad. That's number one. And then Friday, we take off for Denver. We got the Broncos game. One more, yeah. Demarco. Can we? I don't. I don't know how much juice you have in the league office, but you need to end this preseason. <laughs> we, we, we we need this thing to go away once. I'll and for run all. it up I the flagpole. Not do it anymore. This is absolutely awful. Kirk is back tomorrow. Good luck in the afternoon show. Good luck in Denver, Demarco. Great job as always. If you want to find the podcast for the show, you can go to the ESPN Los Angeles Twitter feed. They will direct you right to it as well. We'll be back here eight fifty five tomorrow morning. Me and Kirk, Travis and Slee, seven ten ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.